Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is set for one episode. Your host from Columbus, Ohio, is Michael Kirk. Welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast. Hello and welcome to the Outlaw Mudcast, your digital audio dirt sheet for all things Super Show. The big story for this week's show is, of course, PAX Unplugged. PAX Unplugged was the last major convention SRG Universe will be at in 2023, December 1st through December 3rd, Friday through Sunday, Philadelphia Convention Center, Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I was there in person. I'm going to talk about the events, but I think let's talk about the product releases first. Most of the product that was coming out, we knew was going to come out. We knew that the new versions of the Rising Sun and the Wreck, new gimmicks, new finishes, same logo so you can mix and match competitors and finishes from the older competitors. We knew those were coming out. They came out. We knew that the second version of the old school packs were also releasing. They released. I talked last week about the limits. They'd said something about two cases. Two cases represented how much product they actually had. The limit for packs you could purchase ended up being 10 packs per day. That was the limit. They were $25 a piece at the convention or five for 100. So $20 each if you bought them in quantities of five. The new versions of the old school packs did sell out this weekend. So success in that respect. What they brought, all sold. And we'll start seeing those cards make their way into decks. A couple of cards of note I'm going to talk about right now that came out that had kind of a big splash. The first was the Backpack Stunner line. Backpack Stunner is a follow-up grapple at 23. There's also a strike version and a submission version of this card. Draw one card. This card cannot be stopped by follow-ups. You're going to see this card in a lot of decks going forward. That's my prediction. Number one, you're going to be able to play, and I'll keep using this example here, this follow-up grapple. You're going to be able to play a card like Backpack Stunner, a follow-up grapple, with a lead grapple in play, and not worry about your opponent stopping it with an elbow strikes type card setting up to basically hit a finish if they win the next turn roll, play a finish if they hit the next turn roll. This is going to prevent that. It's going to take away two of the four stops that could stop the card. They'd either have to play their stop for follow-ups at 4 through 6, or their stops for any card at 25 through 27. So this eliminates half the stops, and again, like I said, it basically makes it so your opponent can't, Stop this card with a follow-up and put them one turn away from being able to play a finish. Later on, there was a match I'll talk about where one of these cards was used to great effect. The other card that came out that kind of made a big splash, and I think we'll see a lot of these, the Power Bomb Over the Top Rope Line. This is a card at number 16, 17, and 18. The Power Bomb is the follow-up grapple at 17. 
if you have a follow-up and play, add one stop icon from your discard pile to your hand. This is not if you have another follow-up. This counts itself. So you play this card, you can pick up a stop card. I think you'll see these in a lot of decks. I think any deck where a player can take a card out of play is going to run these. If you hit a stop, and then later on you can discard that stop, you can play the power bomb over the top rope card to get that stop back. This is an over the top card too, so this will work in the grand battle. I think we'll see quite a lot of this. Also, backpack stunner, the line that this card cannot be stopped by follow-ups. I think we'll also see those in decks where it finishes copy cards in play. So things like Ninja Hummingbird are going to be better with these kind of cards. Going back to the power bomb over the top rope, the cards that allow you to pick up a stop when you play them, I think we'll see these a lot with competitors that have stop finishes. You can hit the power bomb over the top rope, pick up a finish out of the discard with no other follow-up in play, no other card at all specifically in play, because this will do it off itself. So I think those two cards, those two lines, will make a big splash in the game. Like I said, one of them already did. I'll talk about it when we get to the matches, to the tournaments later on. The one big surprise product that I saw released for sale was a new playmat. Earlier this year, they had playmats that had spots for cards and rules texts on them, basic how to play elements printed on the mats. Not only did they have what they had previously, they added a new version that had sticks, stairs, and chairs themed art in the ring. They also had a non-rules, non-spot-for-card version of that. So they had two different versions of that playmat and then just the playmat where it has a spot for leads, follow-ups, finishes, discard, competitor entrance, and rules printed on it. So those, I didn't expect to see those. Those were surprised that they came out. We had a new apparel promo release. That was a new entrance card featuring Primalata. There was also a new entrance card, keeping the LFF old school, where basically if you ended your turn without playing a card, you could make your opponent's next turn roll minus two once per match. We had some new prize cards, a new packs card. The prize cards were available as a purchasable pack. You could buy all of them. You could also win them. The only difference was a difference in the art. The rarer versions have a semi-full art effect, like a half to three-quarters full art on the card. But the cards do the same thing. I expect we'll see some of those. The ones that stick out to me, the draw one or shuffle up to three cards from your discard pile, they released that line in the seven through nine. Those are the new releases that stick out to me. Now let's talk about the events from Pax Unplugged. Before I get to that, though, there was one thing in my notes I wrote down because this announcement came out during PAX during the day, unrelated to PAX. And I want to mention it now because I can tell from where it's placed in my notes, I may overlook it if I try to come back to it. So, Deep South Championship match. Next match will be 
December 8th, Harvey Lester will defend against Brimelight. Brimelight of the mission, formerly known as Brimetime. The winner of that match will play a contender to be determined at Sunshine Smackdown January 25th. That's the next Create a Competitor Tournament House Rules Games, Kissimmee, Florida. Now back to PAX Unplugged. All three days of PAX Unplugged, they opened with a new player event. The general format of the new player event is players would play three matches, and then they would give out cards as prizes. In the first event, they had eight players. I don't have a lot of details about this. I'm pretty much just going to give you the player counts. Eight players in the first new player event. The next event of Friday was a sealed Cosmic Crusader slash Marauder of the Multiverse event. And they threw in a special wrinkle that morning. They made this not just a sealed tournament, but the Play Pure tournament. So the winner of the tournament would become the new Play Pure champion. This total surprise to me. I was the Play Pure champion. Going into PAX Unplugged, it's why I went to PAX Unplugged in the first place. They had not announced a play peer tournament, so I assumed it wasn't happening. So I was completely shocked to find out that they decided to make it a sealed tournament. I was allowed in the tournament, if I wanted to, to play the competitor and finishes for Le Guillotine because I was champion with Le Guillotine. I had to use whatever random deck I received. And I ended up receiving Venus, which is not a good deck with Lay Guillotine. So I'm very disappointed that I wasn't able to play Lay Guillotine. He wasn't able to get a shot to defend the championship. I had to try to defend with Venus. There were 22 players in this event. They had three bullet rounds. After the three bullet rounds, there were four undefeated players. And so they cut to a top four. Unfortunately, I wasn't in that undefeated group. So I did not get a chance to make the top cut and potentially retain the championship. The four players who made the top cut were Robert the Brain Dunn playing as Silva, Elgato Sombrio playing as Terra, Carlos Lumbre playing as Jupiter, and Justin McDonald playing as Neptune. The Brain and Elgato face off in the first semifinal match. Carlos Lumbre, El Hombre Cybernetico, and Justin McDonald face off in the second semifinal match. The winners, The Brain and El Hombre Cybernetico. So they face off in the finals. Standard singles match, no stipulations in the top cut at all. This match ends up going to crowd meter three. The winner, Carlos Lumbre. Carlos Lumbre becomes the new Play Pure champion with Jupiter. He's also a double champion because he is the triad champ. Congratulations to Carlos Lumbre for winning the championship, for winning the first big tournament at PAX Unplugged. After this, they have the Steel Cage events. Each player is given a Steel Cage box set, the one featuring Brian Cage and a random competitor. 
and they essentially have to play either Brian Cage or the random competitor with the deck and just play all steel cage matches in the tournament. They had eight players in this event. They did group stages, two groups of four, so each player plays the other three. And then they cut to a top four. So the two best records out of each group go to the semifinals. The winners out of the first group were the man who walked into PAX Unplugged holding the Deep Six Championship belt, the prize fighter, Simon Dabner. He was playing as Brian Cage, the Brian Cage out of the deck, Brian Cage second version. The other man to come out of the first group was one of the two special guests that were at PAX Unplugged Friday only from Young, Dumb, and Broke. We had Jordan Oliver, and we had Charlie Tiger. Charlie Tiger. Charlie Tiger playing as the grump. He used the random competitor. In the other group, and ended up being a triple threat play-in match, a triad play-in match, Hollywood playing as Brian Cage, a player named Tim playing as Brian Cage, and from what I understand, the other Young Demon Broke guest, Jordan Oliver, playing as Diamond Janie G. He is pinned, he's eliminated. So, in the semifinals, we have the Prize Fighter versus Tim and Hollywood versus Charlie Tiger, with the Prize Fighter and Hollywood going on to the finals. Again, steel cage match because these were all steel cage matches. The match goes to Crowd Meter 1. At Crowd Meter 1, escaping the cage to win the steel cage event, the prize fighter, Simon Dabner. So congratulations to the prize fighter for winning the second event outside of the new player events for PAX Unplugged. Then we have what they call an old school limited draft event. In this event, players received an old school pack. They received a 1 through 27 deck of random cards. They received a random competitor. They had to build a 1 through 27 deck from what they pulled out of both packs, decide what competitor they were using, and essentially build that deck and play that deck. There were 12 players in this event. They had three bullet rounds. They ended up cutting to a top five. Two of the players in the top five were undefeated. The other three had records of two and one. The three two and one players played off in a triad match. Carlos Lumbre playing as the commissioner, Drew Madsen. Chris Pate playing as Miss Supernova. And Robert the Brain Dunn playing as Lord Gareth. The winner in the triad match was Chris Pate. In the undefeated singles match, we had Aaron Livingston, who I believe is from RRCW, playing as Kempo Kenny, and yours truly, Michael Kirk, playing as the above average warrior. This is the new version of the Cuddy Warrior. The winner in that match was me. So I faced Chris Pate. In the finals 
of this old school pack event. The winner at Crowdmeter 2, Chris Pate. Congratulations to Chris Pate. It was a tough match, but he pulled it out. He wins the third event of Friday. And then we get to the last event of Friday. Again, an old school pack event. This time, it's a full draft. There were only six players in this event. Each of the six players were in a draft where they drafted from six old school packs, six random 1 through 27 decks, and six additional competitors. So 12 competitors total, 12 cards in each slot 1 through 27. After the draft, every player would have two competitors and two cards in each slot for 1 through 27. They built a deck out of that. And then they were paired off in singles matches. The winners of the singles matches, and there was just one singles match for each player, the three winners were placed in a triad match. The three losers were placed in a triad match. One fall to a finish for each triad match. The winner of the winner's triad was first place. The winner of the loser's triad was fourth. The person who was pinned in the winner's was third. The person who was pinned in the loser's was sixth. And then they prized based on first through sixth. In the winner's bracket, we had Bob Dunn playing as Big Bad Bobby D. Chris Pate playing as the Master Chef LMP. And yours truly, Michael Kirk playing as Downriver Drew. In the losers triad, we had Fotista playing as Sergeant Yoga versus Tyler Sickles playing as the Prize Fighter versus Aaron Livingston playing as Big Game Leroy. The winner of the losers triad match was Fotista. So he's fourth. Tyler Sickles ended up being fifth. Aaron Livingston was sixth. The winner of the winner's triad was the brain. So the brain takes first, Chris Pate takes third, I take second place. That was the final event of Friday. Saturday, the day starts off with a new player event. Twelve players in that event run like the previous new player event. I don't have any names of any participants. The next event of Saturday is another old school pack limited draft event. Each player received an old school pack and some other additional product, additional entrance card, that keeping the LFF old school entrance card I talked about earlier. They gave out those at quite a few events. Competitors, I can't recall if they gave out an additional 1 through 27 here, but players had to build out of this limited amount of cards a 1 through 30 deck. There were 12 players in this event. They did group stages where each player played the other three in their group and the top records end up going into a triad final match. The players in the triad final were the star maker, Everett Stevens, playing as Commissioner Drew Matson, Robert the Brain Dunn, playing as the Commissioner Drew Matson, and yours truly, Michael Kirk, playing as the Hornets. The winner in the match. Bob Dunn. Bob Dunn pins Everett Stevens. 
So he's third. I'm second in the event. Congratulations to Bob Dunn for winning the final old school pack event of Packs Unplugged. The next event Saturday is the Hardcore Draft event. This is a sticks, stairs, and chairs event where the winner will get a shot at Theo the Greek Neo. The winner of that match becomes the new LFF Hardcore Champion. There were 12 players in this event. They divided them up into groups of six. This was a draft event. Only six competitors and six cards at each slot 1 through 27 in this event. We did a full draft. Afterwards, players were broken up into three singles matches. The sixth pick in the draft got to pick his stipulation. The fifth pick in the draft got to pick his stipulation. The fourth pick got to call it his own opponent. This was a sticks, stairs, and shares themed event. So, each one of the three stipulations in the singles matches was a ring step, steel chair, or kendo stick match. The winners of the singles matches faced off in a triad match using the sticks, stairs, and chairs stipulation. The losers did the same. Same format. The winner of the winner's pod was considered first for prizing purposes. The pinned player was considered third. The winner of the losing pod was considered fourth. The man who was pinned in the losing pod considered sixth. They had two groups, 12 players, two groups. So we end up with a winner's triad, a loser's triad for each group. In the first group, we had Bob Dunn the Brain versus the Nightmare King versus a new player, player I'm not familiar with, Max Ehrenstein. The winner of the first pod was the Nightmare King. In the second pod, we had Chris Pate, second winner's pod, that is, Chris Pate versus the prize fighter Simon Dabner versus yours truly, Michael Kirk. Simon Dabner wins that pod. So, the winners of the pod face off in the finals. The Nightmare King playing, ironically, as the prize fighter, the competitor created by Simon Dabner, against Simon Dabner playing as the Iron Sultan. I was unfortunately unable to watch this match because the event I reported on earlier, the limited draft event where I was in the triad finals, that took place at the same time as the hardcore draft finals. So I did not get to watch that match live. It was a sticks, stairs, and chairs match. And the winner of that match, who will face Theo the Greek Neo, the former. LFF Hardcore Champion, the Nightmare King. The Nightmare King, the last champion before the division was scrapped, is going to get a shot to once again become the LFF Hardcore Champion. That's kind of crazy to me. We could have him get stripped of the belt and then resume being champion if he wins just one match. So wild outcome, but that's what happened. In the hardcore draft event. Congratulations to the Nightmare King for winning the event. 
and putting yourself one match away from regaining the championship you held. The final event of Saturday night was the only constructed event where you brought your competitor, your 1 through 30 deck, your entrance, your spectacles, and then you played to become the PAX Unplugged 2023 World Heavyweight Champion. This was the World Heavyweight Championship Tournament for PAX Unplugged 2023. They had 32 players in this event. We played five bullet rounds. After the five bullet rounds, there was a cut to a top 16. Anyone with a record of three and two or better made the top cut. Two wins or less did not make it. There was one undefeated player that I'm aware of. Chris Pate went 5-0 and in the bullet round portion. In the top 16 of the event, the stipulation was a special guest referee match. Romeo 3000 was the special guest referee. So, for those of you who aren't familiar with special guest referee matches, in a special guest referee match, both players get to use the gimmick of the special guest referee in addition to their competitor's own gimmick. For Romeo 3000, his gimmick going from memory, when each player rolls the same skill for their turn roll, draw a card. That was the stipulation in the first round. Otherwise, standard singles match rules apply. The next round, the round of eight, was a New York rules match. The eight players that made the quarterfinal round were, in matchup order, Chris Pate versus Ted. I don't have a last name, just Ted. Yours truly, Michael Kirk versus Clifford Smith. The Italian Bombada, Chris Pagillo versus Aaron Glidden. And Google Docs Dan versus JVD. The winners in this round, Chris Pate, Cliff Smith, the Italian Bombada, and JVD. Chris Pate and the Italian Bombada face off in the top four, which ends up being a psycho circus match. Chris Pate playing as his own creation, Ricky Riot. The Italian Bombada playing as a competitor he had commissioned based on Shelby Stevens, the daughter of Hall of Famer Matt Stevens, the Witch's Apprentice. The other matchup in the semifinals, Cliff Smith playing as the next Supreme versus JVD as Kenny Omega. Both matches go to crowd meter one. The winners facing off in the finals, the Italian Bombada and JVD. Before I get to the finals, I want to say that the first semifinal match the Italian Bombada versus Chris Pate was the match where the new Backpack Stunner line of cards came in big because the card number 24 in that spot, the follow-up submission that says draw one card, this card cannot be stopped by follow-ups, it has choke in the name. So it triggers the Witch's Apprentice's gimmick. Her gimmick is when she hits a card, with power or choke in the name, the opponent randomly buries one card in their hand. This card was used late game to great effect against Chris Pate. 
it was probably the most important card that was being thrown at the end of the match. And it really had an impact on Bombada's victory. So already that card is paying off dividends. And we could definitely see Brian Schmidt start running this card because he is the LFF World Heavyweight Champion with the Witch's Apprentice. That's why I'm predicting that card will have a huge effect on the game because of what I saw in the semifinal match of the PAX Unplugged World Heavyweight Championship Tournament, the final event of Saturday. But now let's go on to the finals. Beast Unchained Match. The Italian Bombada playing as the Witch's Apprentice. JVD playing as Kenny Omega. The match doesn't go past crowd meter zero. The winner at crowd meter zero, the PAX Unplugged champion, the Italian Bombada. Congratulations to the Italian Bombada for winning the final major convention tournament of the year. Sunday, we have two featured matches, the only two featured matches for national titles during PAX Unplugged. The opening match was for the LFF Intergalactic Championship. The challenger, Fotista, playing as the second version of himself. The champion, Jared Bridge, playing as EDM. In this match, each player was able to use two entrance cards. Fotista used a number one contender and the summoning circle. EDM used the Intergalactic Championship belt and Impact his family. Fotista went and grabbed Finger Poke of Doom. He was not able to use that. He didn't win the first turn, so he could not use that as a finish. And this match, rather than ending first turn crowd meter zero, it goes all the way to crowd meter four. It's a hard fought match. The winner at crowd meter four, new champion, Fotista. Congratulations to Fotista for defeating the hero of the Intergalactic Championship and becoming the new Intergalactic Champion. Now, I don't know if this means Fotista's soul is going to get absorbed into the belt or if the hero put a permanent end to that. We'll have to see. But Fotista right now is the new. LFF Intergalactic Champion. The second featured match from Sunday was a match that has been in the making for a while. Chris Pate going in to this weekend was the Deep Six Champion. His challenger, the prize fighter Simon Dabner, was in possession of the Deep Six Championship belt. He somehow got his hands on it from a deal where Jeremy Steigerwald apparently sold him the belt to get some money because the Lucha Monarch Uberstar, the previous Deep Six Champion, owed him some rent money. That led to him getting suspended as Play Pure General Manager from joining myself and the Reverend Robert Torn on the list of Banned players when it comes to championships. I, Thursday night, went out to Alternate Universe's Blue Bell and I got to interact 
with the champion and the challenger in a promo video. Got to speak to the challenger for a little bit. You may have seen that video. I would not be shocked if that video is featured on Talk of the Universe this week. But the showdown finally happened. The prize fighter Simon Dabner playing as JT Dunn, taking on champion Chris Pate playing as Theo the Greek Neo in a main event stipulation match. That is a long match. A long match with a lot on the line. Both players intently focused on the match. It goes to crowd meter five. The winner of the match who walks away with the deep six championship belt, the possession of the belt, no longer in question. Chris Pate. Chris Pate, still deep six champion, now in possession of the deep six championship belt. Congratulations to Chris Pate. Now we get to the events on Sunday. Two events. First, new player event. They had four players in that event. The final event, a sealed limited draft tag team event. Each player received a faction pack. The family faction pack. Each player received a random competitor. Each player received five random cards. Two of those cards were the tag team finishers, Doomsday Machine and the Cardiac Arrest. Players could use those if both their skills combined met the requirements. Those cards require you to have a skill of 16 or greater in a stat. If both players' skills added up to 16 or greater, one could run it. And only one can run each type. So if one player decided to run Doomsday Machine, the other player couldn't. If one player decided to run the Cardiac Arrest, the other player couldn't. Those were the rules for those. If you got skill requirement cards in your random five, you could play those if you met the skill requirements for them. There ended up being 15 tag teams in this event. So 30 players. There were three bullet rounds. After the three bullet rounds, there were four teams that went two and one, one team that went undefeated. So the undefeated team received a bye to the finals. The other four teams were paired off. The two winners of those matches would face off, and then the winner of that match would be in the finals along with the team that went undefeated. In the first round of the top cut, we had the team of myself, Michael Kirk, and Chris Pate versus a team of players Daryl and Justin. And then we had a team, the prize fighter Simon Davner and Aaron Glidden, Versus a team of Chris and John. I'm sorry I don't have last names for a lot of these players. The winners in that first top cut round were Daryl and Justin and the prize fighter and Aaron Glidden. So they face off. Daryl is playing as Lucky Cat Nico. Justin is playing as the hypnotist Hans Mesmer. The prize fighter is playing as the leader of the Postal Nation. Aaron Glidden is playing 
as Lorenzo Manicotti. The winner of that match is the team of the prize fighter Simon Dabner and Aaron Glidden. So they face the undefeated team from the bullet rounds, the team of Jim playing as Diamond Danny G, and Jonas playing as the Witch Hunter General. This match ends up going to Crowd Meter 1. The winner at Crowd Meter 1, Jim and Jonas. So congratulations to Jim and Jonas for winning the final event of PAX Unplugged 2023. We may see them get a shot at the LFF Tag Team Championship because of this victory. So congratulations to them for winning, and congratulations if you get this shot. That is pretty much it for PAX Unplugged. I did forget to mention the daily promos. The daily promos at PAX Unplugged were the final three cards in the Microphone Weapons series. The card at 24 on Friday, 27 on Saturday, and 30 on Sunday. To my knowledge, all of those promos were given out. There weren't any extra. There are non-logoed versions because those had the PAX Unplugged logo on them. There are non-logoed versions available on the website. Last I looked, you could buy them individually or there was a bundle. They were $10 individually. The bundle was $25 for all three. One other thing that I didn't mention about PAX Unplugged was that local play group DWA, this is the group out of alternate universes, played a number of matches for their world championship. On Friday, the champion going in, the star maker Everett Stevens, playing as the player of the era, took on challenger Aaron Glidden in a main event stipulation match, and at crowd meter one, he retained the championship. Saturday, the star maker takes on main event Brett. Main event Brett playing as Sammy the Draw Callahan again in a main event stipulation match. And at crowd meter four, he retains the star maker 2 and 0 in championship defenses. And then finally on Sunday, he has his final challenger, Unicorn Girl, the mother of Big Shot Sam. Again, a main event stipulation match. And at crowd meter three, he once again wins the Star Maker, goes 3-0 in championship defenses at PAX Unplugged. Congratulations to the Star Maker. And as I'm reviewing my notes, there's something else I need to bring up too. There were some unofficial events going on. There was an unofficial tag team event. There was an unofficial trios event. and there was a free singles event constructed, added by SRG Universe. To my knowledge, the tag team event was basically canceled. Not enough tag team players were able to play their matches. The singles event was basically canceled. Only a couple singles matches were reported to Chris Pagillo, who was tracking them. In the trios event, Simon Davner is running away with the trio's event. He's undefeated last I looked. And I don't even think there's a player close to him in second. 
That's the only one where we may see results happen in the future. Right now, though, Simon Davner dominating the trio's events. I don't know if we'll find out more about any of these later. That's where they stand as of right now. And that is going to do it for the PAX Unplugged coverage. Outside of Super Show events, my impressions of PAX Unplugged, it's fine. It's no Origins. It's no Gen Con. I like those conventions better. Would I go back to PAX Unplugged? Maybe. This was the second time I was there. If you only had one convention to go to, would I suggest making PAX Unplugged that convention? If money was no object, no. If financially PAX Unplugged makes the most sense for you, yes, go to PAX Unplugged. But compared to the other two big conventions, Origins and Gen Con, they're better. I'll also say I was hoping that we'd see a lot more New York and New Jersey players than we ended up seeing. Maybe this was a down year for them. I know of a couple players from that area that could not make it. But I was hoping to see more New York players, New Jersey players, and that just didn't happen. I did get to see and meet a lot of people. I got to meet the plant-based bruiser for the first time. I got to meet the Nightmare King, I believe, for the first time. I got to see Google Docs Dan for the first time since the original Grand Gathering. And then I just got to see a bunch of players I've seen multiple times, and it was great seeing them again. Special thanks to the Italian Mabata for running the events all weekend. You did a great job doing that. I don't know when the next time we're going to have a big convention like this. I'm thinking the next big in-play person event, outside of creative competitor tournaments like Sunshine, SmackDown, or Rumble at the Rumble, is going to be the Grand Gathering. I'm not sure when the Grand Gathering is going to happen. I'm thinking March, give or take. We'll have to see. I'll be watching for that. But it's happy to go to PAX Unplugged. Happy to see everyone else again. And I think that's all I have to say on that. So that was the big news this weekend, PAX Unplugged. We also had this weekend an ACCW event. Let me give you the results I have for the ACCW event. These results are in no particular order. I was not able to watch the matches that were streamed online. I was just too busy at PAX Unplugged. Starting in no particular order, we have the ACCW Heavyweight Championship match. This match saw challenger John Hodges playing as Danhausen take on champion Johnny Korea playing as the magnificent Mr. Ray. The winner and still champion is Johnny Korea. Congratulations to him. The next match for the ACCW Tag Team Championship saw challengers Rob Britt and his partner Nick play as Brett the Metalhead and Lucky Cat Nico defeat champions, the Protectors of the Light. Protectors of the Light were champions with Treaty of Friendship. That is the Mercenator and Merlin Von Berlin. Congratulations to the new champions for taking that strong burial deck and getting it done. Then we have the ACCW Underworld Championship match. 
the challenger was Chip Allen playing as Eva Lionheart. The champion was the LFF chiropractor playing as E.V. Fresh. The winner of this match in a squash match was the champion, the LFF chiropractor. He retains. In the ACCW Hardcore Championship match between Challenger, Hold the Line Harry, playing, I believe, as himself. That's what it looks like from the notes I have here. He takes on everyone's enemy, the champion, Joel Williams, playing as the Heathen Cruel, with the winner in an upset, new champion, Hold the Line Harry. And then, the final match I have results for the ACCW Tornado Tag Team Championship. This was an open challenge from champion Downriver Drew, the champion with the Young Bucks. This ends up being a gauntlet match. The first player in the gauntlet was someone known as Your Guy playing as Flipping Machines. It was a close match with the Young Bucks and Downriver Drew pulling it out. The second match ends up being between Brimelight with the Treaty of Friendship against the champion. And Brimelight wins. He becomes the new ACCW Tornado Tag Team Champion. He ends a six-month reign by Downriver Drew with the Young Bucks. Congratulations to him. Congratulations to all of the winners. There was also a sealed event using the new old school packs. They ended up having five players use Elgato Sombrio, but the winner used Brewmeister. I don't know who actually won the event. I did not get that result, but the winner used the new version of their Brewmeister. So congratulations to whoever that was. Now let's talk about the tournaments and featured matches from this past week. I'll start with the featured matches from Monday. Monday, the Big Picture Premium had a pay-per-view event with two matches. The first match was the finals of the Hollywood Heavyweight Championship number one contender tournament. This was a two out of three fall match. The first competitor, the first player, was Jorjito International Cool, playing as Najamai. His opponent, the star maker, Everett Stevens, playing as Quadruple H. The first match goes to Crowd Meter 1, with the star maker taking the first fall. So he's one win away from becoming the new contender. The second fall, ending at crowd meter zero, is taken by Jorjito International Cool. So, it goes to a third fall. The winner will go on to face Eddie Fury for the Hollywood Heavyweight Championship. This match gets pushed to crowd meter one, and the winner and new number one contender is Jorjito International Cool. Congratulations to Jorjito for your victory. The final match of the Big Picture Premiums live event pay-per-view is 
a grudge match of sorts, a rematch between the big guy and Rambo Apocalypse. Rambo Apocalypse is playing as the new version of D1. The big guy is playing as the old version of the High Roller. The High Roller was actually chosen at random by Rambo Apocalypse. The big guy gave him the option out of four decks to see which one he wanted to play against. The High Roller won. And so they face off. Standard singles match. Goes to crowd meter one. The winner, the big guy. So, the big guy versus Rambo Apocalypse series is now tied at one each. Rambo Apocalypse won the first match. The big guy won the second. Will we see a third? That is to be determined. But I'll be on the lookout for it. Those were the matches from the Big Picture Premium Monday night. We also, Monday night, have a hardcore madness tournament. In this tournament, the matches are no disqualification. Each player must use either a competitor with disqualification in the gimmick or with the word disqualification in the gimmick or use a finish card at 28, 29, or 30 with disqualification in the text of the finish. There were 14 players in this event. Two groups of five players, one group of four. Each player played the others in the group. Top two records per group advanced to the top cut. This gives us a top six. Two players received a bye to the semifinal round. The remaining four were paired off in singles matches. After those, we get to the semifinal round. The top four in the semifinals are the Meeple, Craig Brett, Simple Chuck, Emo Mam, and Rowdy Ron. The Meeple playing as Najamai and Simple Chuck as Hollywood do not get out of the semifinal round. Our final matchup is therefore Rowdy Ron as Cruel and Emo Mam as herself, with the winner of the hardcore event Monday night. Emo Ma'am, congratulations to Emo Ma'am for the win. Wednesday, we have a featured match for the LFF Tag Team Championship. The challengers, the tag team that won the Gen Con Tag Team Tournament, baked outdoors. Sherry Von Danish playing as Danhausen, the great outdoors playing as Aerial Lipstick. The champions, the Animal Kingdom, the Penguin playing as the original version of Brian Cage, and the Cheetah, playing as the Rising Sun. In what I remember being a long match that ended up going to crowd meter three, the winner, still champion, Animal Kingdom. Congratulations to Animal Kingdom for successfully defending the championship. Their next challengers will be the tag team known as Big Meaty Men. I'll talk about them a little bit later because they were in a featured match Sunday night. And then Thursday, we have a tournament, another hardcore tournament, the Make America Hardcore Again Tournament. This tournament announced by Matt Barone, the current American Interstellar Hardcore 23-7 champion, was for a shot at that championship. Additionally, the winner of the tournament will also receive a payoff pack, courtesy of the creator and GM of the division, 
Alexander Slamilton. There were 16 players in this tournament. The opening portion of the tournament, group stages, four groups, four players per group. Each player plays the other three in the group. Top two records advance to the top cut. In the top cut, all of the matches are main event stipulation matches with no disqualifications. Your semifinalists are El Hombre Cybernetico as El Superhombre, the original El Superhombre, and Stephen Owen as Rock Newman. Your finalists who played in not only a no disqualification main event match, but a match with a special guest referee, Alexander Slamilton, were Trey Cantrell playing his Aerial Lipstick and the Meeple Craig Brett playing as Najamai with the winner getting a future shot at the American Interstellar Harder Core 23-7 Championship representing the Constellation, Trey Cantrell. Congratulations to Trey Cantrell for winning Thursday night. This brings us to Sunday night fights. There were three matches on the card for Sunday night fights. The first, a battle between the Unionverse and their former member, HR. Representing the Unionverse, we have the Meeple Craig Brett playing as the Mortician. HR, now with just business, playing as Big Bad Bobby D. They face off in a sketchy backyard ring match. The match, quite a contentious match, goes to crowd meter three. The winner, HR of Just Business. Congratulations to HR for winning the opening match of Sunday Night Fights. The next match is the second contender match for the Underworld Championship. The two men squaring off for a shot at the belt are Rambo Apocalypse playing as Shane Hurricane Helms and Hold the Line Harry playing as himself. Standard singles match. It goes to crowd meter four. The winner at crowd meter four and new contender for the LFF Underworld Championship, Hold the Line Harry. Congratulations to Hold the Line Harry. The play of the match for me at crowd meter three, Rambo Apocalypse hits the finish, rolls an 11. Hold the Line Harry has one shot to break out. His grapple finish, the flanking maneuver, is a spotlight card. It has an effect in the discard pile. If it's in the discard pile, Hold the Line Harry gets plus one to his first breakout roll. The finish roll was an 11. He had to roll agility on the first breakout roll. He did at crowd meter three, and he used that to go on and win at crowd meter four. Amazing play. Didn't expect to see it. Congratulations again to him. And then the final match of the night was for the Deep South Tag Team Championship, a no-disqualification tag team match. The challengers were the team of big, meaty men. Piglet playing as himself and Coach Brad playing as Chloe Mai. They take on champions BTSFTW. Simple Chuck playing as AJ Styles and Zach Ashley playing as Jay White. 
This was a long, long match. It went all the way to Crowd Meter 7. The winners of Crowd Meter 7, after this marathon of tag team action, BTS FTW. Congratulations to them for their victory. Big Meaty Man is going to have to settle for the consolation prize of getting a shot at the LFF Tag Team Championship. Not a bad consolation prize. The next challengers for the Deep South Tag Team Championship will be the team of Johnny Korea and Nick Nimble. So once again, congratulations to the Tag Team Champions for a successful defense. I'll report on the next match when I know about it. The final tournament results that I have for you are the Monday Night Fights tournament results. This was a New York Monday Night Fights, which from what I understand, looks like all New York Rules matches. 14 players in this event. Two groups of three players, two groups of four players. Each player plays the other in their group. Top two players advance into the top cuts. Your semifinalists in this event were your PAX Unplugged 2023 World Heavyweight Champion, the Italian Bombada, playing here as Shaggy Shark, and Simple Chuck, playing as Merlin Von Berlin. Your finalists were Trey Cantrell, playing as Shane Strickland, and Candyman Dan, playing as Fortress, with the winner. Candyman Dan playing as Fortress. Congratulations to Candyman Dan for winning Monday Night Fights. As far as upcoming events are concerned, this Thursday, we're going to have Chibi's Thursday Night Fights. You're able to sign up now on Supershowthegame.com. $5 entry fee, 7.30 p.m. start time, Thursday, December 7th. That's Eastern. 32-player cap. Group stages to a top cut. The top 16 and the top 8 will be no disqualification matches that start at crowd meter 1, so New York rules basically. The semifinal round will be steel cages. And then the finals match stipulation will be announced during the tournament. No advance notice of what that will be. Beyond that, we have December 17th, the Cheetah is hosting Cheetah Cup 3, Cheetah's Birthday Bash. $10 entry fee, double elimination event. Every match will be a dark match. Every match will be an undisputed rules match. Every match will end in one fall. Undisputed rules, if you lose three turn rolls in a row, you automatically win the next turn. That doesn't count bumps. There's a huge ban list for this event, so if you're thinking about participating, check that out. If you don't have a competitor in Super Show the Game and you win, you get to create a competitor. If you do and you win, you give that competitor to someone else. That's this event. Beyond that, we have the Create a Competitor Tournaments, Sunshine Smackdown, and Rumble at the Rumble coming up. I haven't seen anything about Rumble at the Rumble. Sunshine Smackdown, January 25th, House Rules Games, Kissimmee, Florida. There is an event for it on Facebook. If you're thinking about going, they would like people to at least mark interested. 
on the event on Facebook. They're also maybe organizing a trip to Disney World on Friday before the event. So if you're interested in that, reach out to Bob Dunn. Let him know that. There's also going to be Monday Night Fights, December 18th, a tornado tag team event. So if you want to play in Monday Night Fights two weeks from now, it will be a tornado tag team event. I don't know if it has championship implications or not, but that's going on in about two weeks. And then a couple other bits of news I have before the show ends. I have a date on a potential next match for the LFF Veterans Championship. You have to be a veteran of the United States Armed Forces to participate in this. The current champion is Jeff McPeak with Pretty Boy Snow. His challenger, his next challenger, will be Mark Perry using the competitor based on his daughter, Ra Ra Perry. That match will take place on December 10th, possibly on Sunday Night Fights. That is a Sunday. I don't know that for sure, but that makes a lot of sense. And then the last bit of news I have before I go, I've only seen this one place, but Super Show the Game in the past has made box sets based on wrestling promotions. They did one for Catalyst Pro Wrestling. They did one for New South Pro Wrestling. Apparently at the last wrestling event put on by Pro Wrestling Revolver, there's going to be a Pro Wrestling Revolver boxed set. Pro Wrestling Revolver is the wrestling promotion Created by Sammy the Draw Callahan, Sammy the Draw Callahan, Jessica Havoc, Madman Fulton, who were all in Super Show the Game, have wrestled for that promotion on multiple occasions. John Moxley has wrestled for them. Quite a number of wrestlers that we may know. JT Dunn and his wrestling faction, The Unit, have wrestled there. His faction also includes Mike Verna although I've never seen Mike Verna at a Pro Wrestling Revolver event. That box set may be coming out. No details other than apparently it was announced. SRG Universe has sponsored Pro Wrestling Revolver for years, so I'm not shocked this is happening. It's probably shocking, more shocking that is, that it's taken this long. But that is somewhat breaking news. No details beyond. They announced there's going to be a Pro Wrestling Revolver Super Show the Game box set. Not SRG Universe, Pro Wrestling Revolver announced it. Allegedly at their last event in Iowa. Oh, and one last thing. Brief news, although no real additional news. Faction Wars 5 Phase 1 deck list deadline is passed. The Phase 1 match play has begun. I won't know any results until much later in the phase. I believe this phase goes until almost the end of the month. Just going from memory, it's December 29th. December 29th is the final day to play matches in phase one. So again, almost till the end of the month, players have to complete phase one. Once phase one is complete, I will give you the results that I have, what teams are moving on to the top eight to phase two. With that being said, that's going to do it for this week's episode of the Outlaw Mudcast. 
I would like to thank all of you for listening, and good day.